<clears throat> and welcome back. How are we all getting on? Doing good. How are you getting on, Brandon? I'm good. Thanks good. for having me on, guys. It's a pleasure. Good to finally have you on the podcast. We, we've spent a while trying to get this to happen. You know, we've interviewed other people from your team, so, you know, glad you're here. So for anyone who doesn't know you, how about you introduce yourself? My name is Brandon Alvis. I'm the paranormal technician of Amy's Ghost Hunters. I'm also the founder of the American Paranormal Research Association and now the host of Formula of a Haunting with Mustafa Gadalari. And uh, that kind of goes hand in hand with our upcoming book. So we're very excited. Hmm. And I actually didn't know about this, the second second one. Could you, could you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so Formula of a Haunting is actually going back and looking at case logs uh, that I've been conducting since 2006. And we're showing the ethics, the standards, and the protocols associated with paranormal investigation and what works mm -hmm. and what does not work. And so what we say is science is scary and sensationalism is not. So a lot of times with the shows, you see a lot of sensationalism and you see a lot of false positives and entertainment value. We wanted to kind of strip that away and show almost the more boring side of the paranormal investigation uh, aspect. So it's, it's been a lot of fun and people have uh, liked it so far. We had a great write-up in popculture.com mm -hmm. and people are seeming to like it. Well, awesome. that's what you want. That's definitely what you want. Mm. Uh, and yeah, we, we were having a chat earlier, and um, yeah, some of those shows really do, you know, you know, they're not, they're not, there's nothing really going on there. Like when, who's your man from Ghost Adventure is, is, is challenging a, a ghost to a bare knuckle fight. You know, it's, it's definitely weird. Yeah, um, it's, it's weird. Very weird. Yeah. But, you know, you're, you're a technician, so obviously you're looking at the more scientific side. How, how convinced are you that, you know, that there's something there when it comes to paranormal activity? You know, I'm a huge skeptic, a natural skeptic. But, uh, you know, a lot of times when people throw around the term skeptic, they're actually non-believers. You know, a skeptic is someone that wants to find evidence or proof that the phenomena exists. But a lot of times people that call themselves skeptics are biased mm. and they just don't believe. So they're not really looking for answers. They already have a preconceived you know idea of what they believe so i'm definitely skeptical you know i've done over 200 investigations i've been all around this country uh, 49 states looking for the paranormal and uh i've had a, you know, a handful of experiences that i can say is truly unexplainable mm. and you know what, what do you attribute it to like what 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 do you think is is causing the phenomenon well, you know, I'm very lucky, uh, you know, since 2006, starting APRA, I've been able to work with some of the most brilliant scientists, medical doctors, engineers. I work with a man named Dr. Harry Clore, and he's the only person in history to receive two PhDs simultaneously in any discipline. So yeah. I've been lucky to have people I can consult from a scientific aspect that can help me prove or disprove what people believe to be paranormal phenomena. So I think that there could very well be a natural explanation to what we are experiencing. Uh, similar to what happens in space with black holes and black hole theory with pressure changes and all this anomalous activity, photon events. Um, we're seeing some of that here on Earth in locations that are said to be haunted. So maybe it's a very natural explanation that we just can't explain by science yet. But as technology grows and the more that we have uh, mm. you know, technology readily available, maybe we can find that natural explanation. Mm. We, we talked about it with, uh, I think it was Brian and Rochelle, and they said places usually have a lot to do with history, with like paranormal activity. History has a big part to play into it. Absolutely. History goes hand in hand. And that's one thing Mustafa and I always say, we, we're always looking for the formula of a Hansian. And that's why we're doing the new show and the mm. book. 
is that there is a certain set of parameters that we're seeing, right? Not only from the history, but to the environmental conditions and the data we're collecting that there's a formula to it. And there's, uh, there's something going on in these locations throughout the world that people you know, perceive to be hauntings or ghosts. But as we collect more data and we analyze that data, hopefully we'll have more answers. Well, you know, here rooting for you. Um, you know, I've always been interested in like, you know, kind of mysterious stuff that, you know, we would consider to be pseudoscience or just not real. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be, wouldn't be too big into Bigfoot, in fairness. Um, yeah. But, you know, paranormal, a little bit interested, if, if you couldn't tell, uh, viewer, from how many people we've interviewed, uh, you know, like we had Shannon Sylvia on uh, before. She had a crazy story of like when she was growing up in a haunted place and Mustafa had something similar. He grew up with a gin in the house. Yeah, we talked about it more in a religious sense when he was here uh, because like, you know, in, in the Islamic religion, uh, you know, there's an explanation for, for ghosts like jinns, but uh, you know, in Christianity, like, they're just not there's, there's nothing mentioning them like they're not supposed to be a thing so you know it's kind of inter interesting how like diff different cultures come up with explanations for it absolutely um, hmm. but yeah going back to the history part you know a lot of civil civil war uh battlegrounds seeming seem to be very haunted in the states um you know probably more haunted than anywhere else in the world um you've had a few experiences there haven't you Oh yeah, Gettysburg being one of them. You know, I've been very mm -hmm. lucky to actually. One, two, one second, guys. I'm getting a. There we go. You guys lose me there. Am I back? No, yeah, you're here. You're back. Uh, sorry about that, guys. You know, Gettysburg being a location I've investigated for many years. Uh, I've been very lucky to actually go to a lot of Civil War sites. You know, all throughout the mm -hmm. country. Um, but yeah, there's a common phenomena associated with these locations. You know, it's possibly because of all the death associated with the history. Um, you know, the brother versus brother aspect, the emotional aspect, dying for something that you believed in so much. Uh, but yeah, again, it always goes back to history. That's always the, the very first part of the formula of a haunting. Uh, that history has to be there before we go out and collect data and try and find a natural explanation or try and find data associated with something we can't explain. And mm. do you think there's other factors that play into it as well? Or does it solely Absolutely. just based on history? No, I think there's a lot of environmental uh, factors associated with it. You know, one thing that we started noticing in season two of Ghost Hunters uh, was that there were always pressure changes in the environment in these locations that we were investigating. And we started to make a correlation between these pressure changes and photon events. You know, I was very lucky to have this very sensitive piece of scientific equipment. Uh, it's called an EMCCD camera, and it's built by the digital imaging scientific community to record single photon events. And we started to see a correlation between recording these photon events in locations and then pressure changes at the exact same time. And for anyone who doesn't know, what is a photon event? It's light. Uh, photons are light. And mainly, mm -hmm. you know, you can see them on Earth. You know, some people actually have extra protein in their eyes that allows them to see them with their you know, naked eye, which is interesting. But uh, a lot of studies in space with photon events, uh, especially in black holes and black hole theory. And that's one thing that Mustafa and I always look at because you know, the brilliant mathematician, Sir Pimrose, he talks about black hole theory and he talks about photon events and pressure in black holes. And we're seeing that same correlation here on earth and said haunted location. So it's something we're looking into and we find it to be very interesting. How crazy would that be? You know, like, oh, ghosts? Yeah, they're black holes. 
Or they're right. related to black holes. You know? That would be interesting. Yeah, the same phenomenon in space taking place here on Earth. Uh, that would be a huge breakthrough for sure. Yeah, it'd be semi-terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> completely. I don't know what's scary. The idea of a ghost or like a, a black hole, uh, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, but like, what, what's, what's your own personal theory and what it is? It's tough. You know, I, I like to look at it from the point of view that energy is neither created nor destroyed right? And mm -hmm. we are made up of energy. We have, uh, you know, energy and the circuitry in our brain going at all times. Where does that energy go, energy go when we die? One. And two, does it retain consciousness? That's the big question. I mean, some of the most brilliant scientists that ever existed, Einstein, Newton, Tesla, were all deeply religious people that actually believed in an after, afterlife. And they're the ones that came up with these, these theories. And uh, I think that they were always trying to find that correlation. So to me, I think it's very possible that that energy somehow stays around and it may very well retain consciousness. Mm. I, I guess it's, 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 it's an interesting idea. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's also terrifying. Also just like just, yeah. there's just, there's the possibility that when you die, you just, you, you're, that's terrifying. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like thinking of the afterlife because it just kind of gets you bummed out sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's what you guys are going with, which is uh, kind of weird. Um, but, yeah, no, you, you, have to, you have to admit, like, what you're doing isn't the most standard uh, career, the most standard, um, you know, hobby. It, it is really unique, especially to you guys. And one, one thing I noticed is, like, you all got on very well. You's, you know, you were having a good time. <laughs> you know, you just need to look at Brian or Rochelle to see it, or yourself, Mustafa. It's uh, a good relationship your team has. But um, I know, like, moving forward, you're just doing some Mustafa at the moment. And uh, who is involved in the book? Mustafa, yeah, Mustafa and I. Just, yeah, just we're actually co-writing it. Yeah, we're co-writing the book, and very excited. It'll be released and published through Llewellyn Worldwide, one of my favorite publishers. Almost every piece of literature about ghosts and hauntings that I've ever read was published by Llewellyn. So it's really an honor to be able mm. to publish this book with them. And with the book, what's interesting is we're taking it outside of just the ghost stories, right? We're talking about the science aspect of it, the ethics, mm. the standards, the protocols, and what has really worked for us to collect empirical evidence and data that we cannot explain and that our consultants that can't explain either. So it's uh, really nice to lay that out and show people um, what's worked for us, especially um, not having an explanation for these locations. Mm. Mm. And but what are the ethics involved with this? Like I would think, oh, it's an old property or it's an old blah, blah, blah. We take a, take a look for anything weird and we go home. Like what's what's the ethics there? Well, the ethics, you know, have to do with more how we conduct ourselves in the investigation, right? So for instance, if we're looking at this from the standpoint that these are people that once lived and somehow are retaining consciousness and in these spaces haunting them, uh, we want to go in there and treat these people with respect. We want to know their culture, the way they conducted themselves during their life. We want to make sure we understand who these people were. Instead of going in like with a lot of the shows, just yelling and running around in the dark uh, without- Challenging any... them to, to fights and stuff. Yeah, 
exactly. We want to make sure that we have the best understanding <laughs> possible of these people and uh, knowing, you know, what time frame they came from, what their culture was like and who they were. And we want to show the utmost respect for these people. And I think that really mm. goes a long way in collecting evidence. Mm. Stupid as that sound. It's challenging a coast to a flight. Jesus. Who was that guy? I, I looked it up now. Who was like, that guy? Like, oh my God, man. Like, you know, I wouldn't say it's unbelievable because like we're, we're living in 2021 now, but like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely weird. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, that's definitely. the entertainment side of it. You know, mm. that's, that's one thing that we're, you know, we're very lucky with ghost hunters. We don't do that. That's not the way we conduct ourselves. But unfortunately you see a lot more in the TV landscape uh, and, and that kind of trickles down in a way where you have hobbyists and investigators all throughout the world that see these shows and they just mimic that and they go out and put themselves in these situations a lot of times that can be really dangerous because you're at a client's home there's a family that's terrified you're trying to help them and then this is what you're doing to try and help them it's it could be very dangerous for sure and would you ever watch these like mimicking shows and would you just automatically know whether it was real or fake like you can tell yeah. whether they're it's put on yeah you can Mm. Oh, absolutely. Not only from the technology that they're using, uh, but just the way they conduct themselves, but uh, especially the technology, because a lot of these devices are strictly for entertainment purposes only. They have no scientific properties to them at all. They're not even trying to collect data. They're just trying to fulfill their own beliefs, which is not good. I mean, it's mm. one thing to be what I call like a paratourist uh, and, you know, a hobbyist. But it's another thing to try and advance the field, you know, step out of the shadow of pseudoscience and really bring in third parties from technical industry, scientists, engineers, medical doctors that can really help us understand what's natural and not natural. And you don't see any of that in the TV landscape, unfortunately, which I think is yeah. funny because, you know, I think that's far more entertaining, that process and bringing in these very intelligent, bright people that oh, yeah. aren't involved in the field. I think that's far more, far more entertaining. Yeah. Uh, we, we had a conversation beforehand about, I don't know what they're actually called, spirit boxes? Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, I, I don't know how, how those work if, I don't know. Like, they're just flickering through radio stations at a rapid pace, and eventually you might hear a noise that sounds like a word. And yeah, then the problem exactly. with that is you have to interpret it as well. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, everything that's out there for the use of paranormal investigation, all the tools that are what we call garage tech, these devices that are built specifically for investigating. You know, I always have those tested and looked at by a third party, you know, someone that's an expert in the technology. So for instance, if I was to take a spirit box recording, which is just scanning radio frequencies to an audio engineer, and that audio engineer was to take that into a spectrum analysis and break it down by frequencies, it's purely contaminated data. There's no data there because it's all radio frequencies. And that's obviously, and there's radio frequencies everywhere, cell phone frequencies everywhere. So mm. anytime we record audio, we want to use the best recording devices possible, the highest bit rates, the most data, and then have that analyzed through spectrum analysis because you can tell is it radio frequencies, cell phone frequencies, is it something natural so or man-made? So that's one thing with the spirit box cannot be taken credibly because Unfortunately, it's uh, just scanning radio frequencies. Yeah, yeah, that 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 would be my main criticism to uh, places like BuzzFeed, who do those little investigations, and they use those things. There's a lot of criticism for BuzzFeed in the first place, but that's just under ghost hunting one, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, it's it's weird, uh, and like other stuff you're dealing with, like the the one I find most credible is. The pressure change because okay well what would really 
change the pressure of an area if no one's there. If there's no external exactly. force, how is that going to happen? Um, you know, what, what else would be up there on the same tier of that kind of evidence? Well, you know, to me, it's always about, you know, monitoring the environmental conditions with the location. So you go in, you record everything from EMF, temperature, pressure, humidity, vibration, everything you can, and monitoring that throughout the entire investigation on a time code. So you have multiple devices correlating together. But there's something to do with these environmental changes when, you know, what we perceive to be paranormal events take place. And that's something we're looking at. And I'm working with Dr. Harry Clore and Mustafa on is that what what's causing this? Is it something natural? Is it something we can't explain? But at this moment, we see a huge correlation between photon events, which are these light events that are typically not seen by the human eye and pressure changes. And they go hand in hand. And that's the same type of research they have with black holes like we talked about earlier. So. There's definitely mm. something to that. And there's no one really doing that research in the field. We're really the first ones to do that. I mean, we're calling it the paranormal photon theory because there's something with it. You know, I went to Dr. Clore and I asked him, I said, from your scientific opinion, if ghosts were real or what you know people perceive to be ghosts were real, what would be the mechanics of that? What would be the material? And he threw out the theory of photon events. And we've had, I think, five or six successful uh, images and data that we've collected that to this day we cannot explain happened in Fort Stanton, New Mexico. We had it in Clifton, Arizona, ha uh, Haynes, Alaska, uh, as well as uh, what was the other location? Galena, Illinois. So, and also we started to see the pressure changes. So, very interesting. Yeah. Well, my camera's gone. I'm worried it's an improvement. <laughs> you cheeky little bollocks. <laughs> No, that's really scary that there's a correlation between ghosts and black holes. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, one day weird. one day you're going to see a ghost and next thing you know, you know, <laughs> everything just starts, no. <laughs> right. And, and that's the one um, thing, you know, that people throw out there. Is it is it possibly interdimensional, right? Is there some strange interdimensional phenomena going on that's really not ghosts at all? Maybe it's not mm. what we think it is. And it's a purely scientific anomaly that's happening and that's what that's what's so exciting about research to me it's uh goes beyond the aspect of you know the history which is amazing i'm a huge history buff so that's always something that's exciting within itself but if you look at the scientific advancement of it that's what's very fascinating you have research of the ocean you have research of space and i think that uh, life after death is that final frontier dude that went from zero to 100 like in a sentence <laughs> like after death that whoa yeah um dude there's you're probably right there is probably isn't like that much research done until what happens after you die like everybody we know what happened like different beliefs and everything but your audio cut out Did for it? a big part of that sentence oh, i said there's probably not much research done into like you know what happens after death to unconscious yeah. and paranormal well, activities seen, like that. I don't know though. Hmm. Like I've seen people like do it where like they weigh it while you die and like is a difference in weight or something. And I say it's a soul. Yeah. Um I'm not, I'm not sure I don't know how how much I believe that. Um like how much does my soul weigh? I really wonder. <laughs> um exactly. But yeah like I don't know if you could do something like that. Like what what else could cause the weight loss? A sudden weight loss like that yeah 
it's kind of weird. Yeah, there's a lot of variables to that. And it would be really tough to really control that and have an understanding. But, you know, I think that there are, you know, with the advancement of technology, again, there's so many devices that are used for other scientific purposes that have really not been utilized in this space, right, in paranormal research. And I think that's one thing that Mustafa and I have been doing a lot is taking those devices that are built for scientific purposes, you know, working with Dr. Clore and utilizing it in haunted locations. And that's going to give us far more evidence and data than walking around with spirit boxes screaming in the dark. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is that def definitely a weird thing when, uh, when you see it. Uh, <laughs> well, it's literally what it is. Uh, I, I love watching some of the, you know, some YouTubers do it. And that, that's literally what they're doing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or every now and then they catch a shadow and like hyper analyze it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, they have so many different infrared, like so many different uh, infrared shadowing, things like that. And that's a, you know, a huge thing that needs to be done in this field and in this space is understanding how the equipment works before you go out and try to utilize it to capture unexplained mm -hmm. phenomena. So uh, a lot of times, 99.9% .9 of the time, it's going to be completely explainable and natural. Mm. Yeah. If we if we were to get some, um, you know, some some examples, do you think we could, you know, power through them? Oh yeah. Like so, so we, yeah, yeah. You want to pause the recording, Thomas? We'll get some. Of uh, like, I think I can pause it. Yeah. Two. Right back. All right, we're back. Yeah, it took took a while for us to find them. We're gonna. Go ahead and take a look. I think this year is stupid, the 3 a.m. videos, but anyway. Here's the one uh, that Brandon said that we should take a look at. You guys can hear it, right? No. Hmm. You'll see it right here when we go down the, this is actually the first class pool, which is a very, you know, historical point, which is great. But once you see what we get in the, these changing stalls, it's unbelievable. It'd be on the right-hand side, nothing there. And then right there. For, uh, it's almost like it just fell in there. What? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what makes it so strange. Oh, what the f Oh. Go back on <laughs> no, nothing drop yeah it's like literally within a second not even not even a full second it just comes out of nowhere and it looks like it slides down the wall almost which is yeah. very very strange and it looks like like a torso right and it's almost like the torso is like halfway in the ground mm. which is even stranger yeah sinking down bang and you can see it's very humanoid dude that's weird and this, yeah, and this is the first class pool at the RMS Queen Mary, which is, you know, historically very significant, not only, you know, being an ocean liner for many years, but in World War II, it was used as a, a passenger ship, a troop passenger ship. And actually, Hitler was offering any U-boat a million dollars to sink it. They had that many troops on there, and it was that big of a point of interest. Uh, but Dude. for many years, they've said that there's this little girl that haunts the first class pool. And uh, we captured that image in 2008. And to this day, we've yet to be able to find a natural explanation for it. Now, there's other ones in here. Uh, what should I take a look at? Uh, you can go down to all, go to all videos. There's some EVP clips that you'll be able to see that are probably pretty short ones. Uh, let's can you guys down. hear? Could you hear the audio in that thing? We couldn't, but it's fine. No, it's fine. We don't need we don't no, need audio. It, if you can't hear the EVP, then 
Oh, yeah. That won't really make right. sense. Yeah, good point. Good point. Okay. Um, okay, that, that, that's oh. a shame. Did that actually... Visually, though, the... that's... Sorry, go ahead. Hmm. I was going to say, did it actually say, stop looking at me? Because that is... Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have some really good EVP. I mean, visual phenomena... It's, it's said, stop looking at me? Yeah. I need to go back on that one. Hold on. <laughs> oh, no, not, not, not in that particular clip. It's another EVP from oh. another location. Mm. No, that Dude, is... do, do you know, is it one of these? Yeah, I saw, I saw it there. There, there, Jared, right there. See it at the very top there. Go back up a little bit. And it's the EVP, stop looking at me. Right, just scroll past it, right there. Right, right, look, look right underneath. Oh, there right. we go. There we are. <laughs> you might be, there might be a setting to share your audio, Jared, when I'm recording. I don't know if there's... Say that again? There might be a setting to share your audio or something, so we might be able to hear it. Well, I can't because I'm on the browser version. Do you want to give it a go if I send you the link? Sure. Okay. We'll, we'll give it a go anyway. Boop. Copy. Paged. And boop. I sent it to you there. Thank you, Jared. Now, that, that was kind of spooky, but something saying stop looking at me, that's just terrifying. You know, Because it's just this, this human that. thing about it, and it makes you look like the... The bad one, you know? Right, exactly. Like, you know, what's what, weird what are you in her view? Right. We actually had like multiple cameras that malfunctioned at the same exact time, and they're on separate battery sources, so it really made no sense as to why they, at the exact same moment, shut down. And I turned mm -hmm. the camera back on and hit record, and you very clearly hear a voice say, stop looking at me, right after the cameras just died, unexplainably. Dude. Yeah, uh, it's frisky. <laughs> All right, um, it's just loading now. Give me a second. Sorry. Well, yeah, that one on the Queen Mary, that was pretty damn scary. Um, geez, I love, I love other opinions on that as well. Like, if I knew about that, I would have asked everyone on your team about that, um, <laughs> especially Mustafa. Because, like, like yourself, he's very into the science part of it. Absolutely, yeah. It's something that him and I have looked at many times over the years, you know, working together on Ghost Hunters. And I showed him that, cl that clip, actually, I think the first day we worked with each other. And that... It's something that to this day we can't explain first off but second mm. off it's you know almost that holy grail moment you know what i mean finding something that truly can't be explained at this point i've actually gone back multiple times with scientists and engineers to the exact same stall and we cannot find it, any kind of explanation for it at all we thought maybe it could be pareidolia you know maybe it's a, our mind playing a trick on us but there's nothing yeah. in that stall that would create that image especially you know within you know half a second like that I know. In analyzing the video, was there any evidence like it could have been tampered with? Like in no, the transition? My, yeah, no, you know, it's funny. I actually shot that video in 2008 and it was from oh, it was you. DV tape. Yeah, yeah, on a DV tape. And uh, we transferred it for, to digital, obviously, to analyze it further, but it's also been analyzed on the tape itself. So, you know, we're always open to that third party scrutiny and having people try and find a natural explanation. So it's been looked at by many professionals. And to this day, we still don't have an explanation. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I do I do a lot of our editing, and I, I'd like to believe I'd be able to tell uh, if I ever looked at something like that. Can you hear? No, sir. Oh, that's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I should... Okay, I failed. All right, never mind. My bad, everybody. <laughs> okay, well, um, yeah, that, that 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 first one was definitely a bit freaky. Um, I might, I might take a look. Is there any more um ones like that?
better just a video version shot by yourself no i don't have anything like that at all you know it's a very unique situation to be in you know again i've been doing this for 16 years and mm. that particular footage that you just saw and one other image we collected at fort stanton new mexico are the only two that i can say are completely unexplainable first off and second off they almost have a humanoid nature to them which is even more interesting so almost only two yeah terrifyingly <laughs> human <laughs> so only two clips out of 16 years so uh i think that's a good thing though i suppose mm. it is yeah um all right I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to find something or find one and um thomas entertain hello i'm here to entertain but uh <laughs> no two in 16 years that's uh i don't know it seems like like how many would you have a rough estimate of how many you've actually done over the span of 16 years as in probably not yes yeah, well over yeah well over 200 locations you know well over 200 investigations throughout 16 years and again you know it's very rare to find something that we can't explain uh, especially from a third party standpoint you know opening ourselves up to that scientific scrutiny so uh that's uh you know i think that makes it more realistic right you have these shows mm -hmm. that go out there and every single location they go to is haunted every single one uh that's uh highly uh, improbable first mm -hmm. off and second off you know it's they don't open themselves up to that scientific scrutiny or that third party scrutiny and that's how you know it's for entertainment purposes only and that they're really not taking the research seriously mm. Mm. i remember there was this internet show i used to watch where these two guys used to go look over goats and on the very first episode like a, a window smashed or something and they couldn't explain it and oh the, the camera shut off just at the you know the right time so they couldn't <laughs> so the recording was messed up and you know it, and what were they doing in the house they were two of them were just like acting the maggot really they were acting the fool in the house trying to piss off if there was something there which i don't think there was but uh <laughs> you, you can just tell you seem very genuine about like wanting to do this for the right reasons and to actually scientifically prove that there is something here where people just want the clicks and oh look i found a ghost kind of thing right yeah, yeah I'm, no, I'm trying to find something and literally it's all the most clickbaity stuff possible like i'm looking at one right now it's so stupid top five ghost videos caught on tiktok and it's a guy sitting up in bed <laughs> no joke oh, i'll share TikTok. my screen yeah, there's a lot of stupidity though. look how dumb this is because <laughs> I tried to get an example of a gin. Look at this, this this guy right here. Oh man, he's just sitting oh, up in bed. I always love the, the big red arrow too. They always have a big circle or a big red arrow. Yeah. Like oh, that. Yeah. It's like always. That's how you know but, it's not legit. Jesus Christ, you're right. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. They're That's in a everything. dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. You know it's fake. Yeah. I've seen that one. He normally comes up with some some great stuff. The new guy, but um. I don't know. Oh, is that in red the arrow day, in the circle? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that image be photoshopped into everything. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. I'll skip. I'll skip for now. I've seen this one. That one, that one is pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, that didn't go as planned, but should have. Um, so what? Uh, and like, you said earlier there's only like two times you've been like properly convinced uh was that a scary experience for you um the queen mary experience 
Like, did you see that on camera at the time or did you see it afterwards? And what was your, your feelings? Yeah, you know, it was actually, what's interesting about that footage, it was after the fact, actually a couple months later that we actually analyzed the footage and looked it over because I was down there with another investigator and a security guard uh, around 2.30, almost three in the morning around that time. The only reason we go down there is not because of the time, you know, there's not really a time associated with heightened activity or anything like that, but it's uh, to control the contamination as much as possible, right? Controlling the environment and keeping it as quiet as possible. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so I was teaching this other investigator how to properly conduct an EMF suite. And I gave her the camera and she had no idea the camera was even on. And uh, lo and behold, this image showed up. And I think that there's something to do with that. Uh, you know, in, in physics and in quantum physics, there's a, an experiment called the double slit experiment. And what happens in the double slit experiment is that once you start sending matter through these slits and these slots, uh, you, if there's an observer there, it takes place differently if there's not an observer. So yeah. I think that like the catheters. Yeah, exactly. I think there's possibly something to do with the fact that the person uh, actually maintaining the camera and using the camera had no idea it was on. I think that there's probably a correlation between capturing that image and the operator not knowing the camera was actually on. Hmm. Probably. Yeah, man. Qu quantum physics is crazy, and if you start throwing it into the uh, into the paranormal. It's gonna get even crazier. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, also, you, actually, you mentioned it. Wonder. Go on. No, no, please. go ahead. No, no, oh, please. please. No, please. After you. I insist. Okay, fine. No, I was looking at quantum computers um, because big computer guy, because mine's terrible, and you know, just just like how they function in comparison to like standards, um, absolutely insane. Uh, yeah, the quantum stuff is is crazy. Like, you ever seen that man? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, Thomas, what were you saying? I was gonna say, yeah, you brought up this thing that there's not a specific time where ghosts come out. Now, I really want to hone in on that point because there seems to be this very big misconception on the internet that at three a.m. and I don't know why it's at three a.m. because like it's like mm. really think if you want to really get into it, time doesn't exist, people. Right? We're just going around the sun. Okay. Exactly. But... <laughs> don't 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 do that to me. Don't do that to me again. <laughs> I think they always do that. And the big misconception there is the fact that they associate it with what people refer to as the witching hour or whatever that may be. It's very superstitious. You know what I mean? That's really what it comes down to. But if this phenomena is real and it's taking place, it's going to happen at any given time, any given place. It's not going to be associated with one particular hour. Uh, and it's definitely not going to be associated with one particular location. Yes, some locations may more have more activity than others, but if the phenomenon is real, we should be able to document it with a scientific instrument uh, at any given time. And that's what we're definitely trying to do. Mm. Yeah. I, re I really wish I could pull up more, more supposed evidence right now, but I'm really having a hard time. It is, it is seriously terrible, some of the stuff I'm seeing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's literally like... Like you said, big circle arrow, circle arrow. It's one or the other, everywhere. As like, like you images said, you've seen before. Mm. Yep, perfect clickbait. It's the easiest way to get someone interested in uh, that clip. That clip, you know what I mean? So, mm. or it is like people faking possession possessions, or is that oh, what you yeah. call them? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's very common. That's another thing that that goes into the religious side of the field, which is that's a whole another you know can of worms there. It's, people looking at it from a religious perspective, which, you know, everyone has their beliefs and thought system. That's, that's not a problem, but 
Mm. When you start to bring that in heavily into the research side of things, it's definitely going to be convoluted, right? And it's going to be uh, have these huge religious overtones that are really going to make people believe what they already believe. You know, there's uh, it's already biased, so that could be tough as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> a lot, there's a lot, a lot of shitting on religion these days. Uh, oh yeah, which which is kind of weird. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I guess you need to look at these things from a more scientific standpoint. You know, like if you really want to prove it, it's not going to be like a well, the, the Bible said it kind of thing. It's okay. Well, pre pressure difference. Uh, googly boogly. I don't. I don't know. You, you know. The, you know the science. I just. Bleh. Um, so yeah, but besides those those images, what would be, I guess, the other most realistic evidence you ever found? You know, it has to be in Fort Stanton, New Mexico, when uh, myself and Brian Murray were in uh, the federal tuberculosis hospital at Fort Stanton, and we collected this amazing photon event with the EMCCD camera that very much resembled what looked like a, a female nurse peeking out of a door frame. And what's really strange about that footage is that these photon events are, again, light events that usually take place on their own, singular events. Uh, but somehow at this moment, we collected multiple photon events coming together to create one image that was very humanoid and actually looked of the time period of the nurses in the 30s. Uh, and that's really spooky to this day, especially because we had these eyewitnesses that were there that worked for the state park system of New Mexico. So these are better, very credible people, people that uh, you know are not using drugs or they're not, you know, consuming a lot of alcohol that can be very well trusted. And they claim to see this apparition all the time. And we ended up actually collecting it on this very sensitive scientific piece of equipment. And that's actually very exciting. And that's something that really, you know, takes it to the next level. But going back to like the religion side of things and thinking about science and religion, like we talked about Isaac Newton, Einstein, Tesla, these are very religious people. And I think that not only did they believe, but I believe as well that I think science and religion can go hand in hand. I know Newton really believed that. He even at one point uh, tried to decode the Bible through mathematics, which is really interesting. Uh, so How far did he I get? It, uh, he, he got a lot of research. There's actually some really great documentaries out there about it. And he was actually predicting events associated with certain Bible passages and actually through mathematics, which is really interesting. Uh, so I think science and religion can go hand in hand in some ways. And I think that that can make you know research a lot more interesting for sure. Mm. I did not know about Tesla. That is uh, I mean, a weird one right there. Newton, why do you think yeah. Tesla? You know, I've seen all your faces and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Newton, yeah. yeah I didn't know he did Tesla. that with the Bible. That decode the Bible, yeah. like that just sounds, wow, that's mad. I, I, think, I, I think he was not liked channel. at the time for that. Oh, no, no, no. I think it was History Channel at the time. Uh, they did an amazing uh, series on it. I think it was like a three or four part series. And like they actually have original documents that he was writing down and decoding. It was really, really interesting stuff. And he actually predicted a few events. Can't remember exactly which events they were and what and what time they happened. But he was breaking it down through math, which is highly fascinating. I think that's, you know, something that's really, really intriguing. I'm going to I'm going to look that documentary up because that sounds really yeah that sounds that super, pretty super cool. interesting <laughs> but um look we've taken up enough of your time today brandon um I'm, I'm glad we got to have this conversation unfortunately we didn't come prepared with enough evidence hopefully we can do it again sometime maybe for yourself and mustafa when the is the book out already 
No, it'll be about uh, actually this year, I think September yeah. around then. That'd yeah. be great okay. to come back on with him. That'd Maybe awesome. we could have these in September. Hmm. So that'd that be might great. be an experience. Um, so yeah, Brandon, if people want to check you out, where can they find you? Uh, you can find anything on brandonjalvis.com. Uh, any link I have there, all my social media, whatever we're working on is right there on my site. Hmm. Well, there Thank you go. You. you know where to find them. Nice. Um, I guess any last message towards any, towards any skeptics like yourself? You know, I would say, you know, science is the way, right? Especially in this field. Um, I think that we have to do our best to step out of the shadow of pseudoscience, uh, get away from the entertainment and sensationalism and really open ourselves up to that third party scrutiny, really allowing professionals from various technical in industries to come in and look at our data and look at the way we conduct ourselves and really guide us. And I think one day we might have answers. Well, well you're hoping. Ho ho hoping for today. So, um, yeah, thanks to anyone who uh, was listening or watching and got this far. Yeah. And now, as we say, take it handy. Top of the morning, lads and ladies. Support for the Awful Irish podcast is now brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's global waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels, and you're no longer lead the look of the Irish with the ladies. Manscaped just launched in Ireland. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job. You can now be one of the first men in Ireland to experience their life-changing products. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code IRISHPOD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code IRISHPOD.